Hello, this is Stephen Dominguez, the S in the BS Podcast Network. Please enjoy this fine, fine podcast. Your attention, please. The Magic Garway Podcast is now leaving from New Orleans for an artistic tour of all things Disney. Jumbo, everyone. Rumble. Hi, Mr. Anonymous here, and you are listening to the Magic Our Way podcast. Magic Our Way takes an artistic view of all things Disney-related. Join your hosts, Kevin and Danny, Marvel expert and proprietor of ivorycomics.com, Eli, and your personal earmarked travel agent, you've got a friend in Lee, Lee Lastavica. Come join the Mau Weekend Nation on social media and at magicourway.com. Jumbo, everyone! Harambe! And welcome to another edition of the, the Magic, Magic Our Way podcast. podcast. Sante Sun, everyone. You are listening to the Magic Way podcast from New Orleans, Louisiana, in the United States of America. Welcome to December 2016. We are artistic buffs talking about Disney stuff. www.magicourway.com. My name is Kevin. And I'm Danny. And with us today, we have our comic genius from ivorycomics.com, Mr. Eli Ivory. How you doing, sir? I'm good and um Christmas is too expensive to buy gifts for to you guys, too. How y'all doing? Hey, and a hallelujah chorus to you, sir. That's right. That's right. That's chorus. right. Chorus and line to you, too. Chorus line to you, too, man. Akira Kurosawa to you, too. There you go. <laughs> Muhammad Sanu. I, I never get to say any of that, by the way. I'm always like, my name's Danny, and then y'all two go ahead and y'all do y'all thing. So I'm um, well, you, 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 you can just no, like, no, not you. You and Lee, I'm talking. Well, there is no Lee on this show. Yeah, Lee's, Lee's on assignment. Counting shoes. He's counting shoes. Putting so people in jail. So he couldn't make yeah. it in today. Counting um, shoes, driving cars, and putting people in jail. That's, that's right. right. That's he, right. He means business. I mean, don't cross Lee. Don't Look, cross it, the last no, week. Exactly. If this guy comes to your town, put all the money back in the register. Yeah. You, put, <laughs> you, you, you want to book a vacation with him. Yes. And don't back out. <laughs> don't back out. <laughs> Lee at com, guys. That's where you're going to find him. But yeah. So anyway, look, we got a great show for you today, man. We, get, we got an interview with... He's a Disney fan, comic book writer, independent artist, uh, extraordinaire, and according to his website, a total badass. <laughs> Thank you for talking about me. Appreciate it. Hey, yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, but enough about Eli. Uh, we're talking yeah. about Jeffrey Golden, man. He wrote the book, Dream It, Screw It, which we're going to talk to him about and figure out what is this story about Dip Disney. What, wh- who is Dip Disney? What, like, what is this? You know, this is one of those things to where when this guy emailed us, and I, I, I wish I could have said this while we were talking to Jeffrey, but I mean, as soon as his, his email came in and he allowed us a sneak pre- peek at his book, yeah, it was like, this belongs in the Magic Our Way podcast because we always talk about artistic buffs, talking Disney stuffs, and let your artistic flag fly kind of Absolutely, thing. Absolutely, yeah. And this guy went ahead and did it. And he based it all in Disney, and it's it's a really enjoyable read, and I, I can't wait for y'all to hear the interview. Yeah, yeah, and and if you happen to pick up the book, man, please do, because we'd love to hear your thoughts upon it, too. Remember, all thoughts are welcome on the Magic R.A. podcast, man. So, um, And it's not that expensive. No, it's not that expensive, man. We'll, we'll reveal that later in the show, So, and it's just in time for Christmas, so definitely do it. Don't don't screw it. Do it. <laughs> you know, it's like a graphic novel is is the best way I could put yeah. it. Yeah, 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 it yeah is. absolutely. So you know, you gotta f- support our fellow visual artists. So weekends, ladies and gentlemen, we have a great show for you today. So enough of my jibber jabber. Let's go make some magic. Weekends, ladies and gentlemen, we on the hub today have a great person by the name of Jeffrey Golden and not the gospel singer Jeffrey Golden. What? There's a guy, there's a gospel <laughs> singer by the name of Jeffrey Golden, oddly enough. Yeah, this isn't who we're talking this to. This is not who we're talking to. This is, this you is not mean the I Disney did gospel show. A week's worth of research on gospel music and uh, worked out all these questions. And I, 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 I admire you for doing that, <laughs> but no, that's not him. Darn in, it. In fact, we're talking with a writer, Jeffrey Golden, the editor. Jeffrey Golden and total badass. 
<laughs> Total bad. Jeffrey Golden. And he's here to talk about his latest book, Dream It, Screw It. How you doing, Jeffrey? I'm doing great. I actually get uh, the other Jeffrey Golden's emails sometimes. Are you serious? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, and I'm always tempted to respond to them. Or sometimes people tweet at me thinking that I'm that Jeffrey Golden. And uh, I'm always tempted to respond. Like someone will say like, hey, uh, you know, can you come to our New Orleans church for a, <laughs> oh. for a, for a gospel <laughs> Sunday? And I'm like, sure thing. Like, I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there, praise Christ. <laughs> yes, I'm going to talk to Andre Crouch and see what he has going oh, on. Jeffrey, you've done moved me. Oh, Lord, <laughs> Jefferson. <laughs> Game of the vapors. Bring, Death is coming. They they bring me out and they're sorely disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> my, singing, my singing chops. You haven't gotten any threatening emails about jeffreygolden.com? No. Uh, <laughs> no, I've had jeffreygolden.com for a lot longer than uh, I think uh, he's he's quite a, he's a bit younger than I am. I, I've had that for quite some time. That <laughs> uh, that domain name. I want to. Oh my god. I think there's some. I think I know some people who are younger than my domain name registration for JeffreyColton.com. (laughs) There are like like, there are like like uh, like grown children and who I know who like my in my you know family who uh, who are younger than uh, than the amount of time that I've had that domain. So yeah. Anyway, old internet. I'm an old internet guy. What can I tell you? Somewhere out there is a church right now raising collections to buy back JeffreyGolden.com. <laughs> you know what? For enough money, we'll talk. There you go. There you go. Better yet, come up with a book about gospel music and pretend to be the Jeffrey Golden. The Golden Gospel. Yeah. Oh, the Golden Gospel. I like that. There you go. You tell me this is a comic book? <laughs> We each have our realm. <laughs> we each have our, our world. So, Jeffrey, now, yeah. now that we know that we're talking to the right Jeffrey, Jeffrey, here's what I wanted to ask you about first and foremost. You were able to do something that, uh, you know, I've read a lot of Walt Disney biographies. Um, Bob Thomas, Neil Gabler uh, did some good biographies on Walt Disney, but they never uncovered what you uncovered. Yeah, and I'd like for you to to tell people this untold story of Walt Disney that exists within your book. What's the name of the book again, Kevin? Dream it, screw it. Dream it, screw it. You uncovered an untold story about Walt Disney and the Disney family that I think yes. every Disney fan would want to know. So can you can you please tell our audience? Absolutely. Um, well, so Dream It, Screw It is uh, 30 years of rejected Disney park ideas from Dip Disney. Um, so uh, a lot of people don't know who Dip Disney was because uh, the uh, the Disney Corporation tried to, to bury him in one of their extensive vaults uh, <laughs> many years ago. His skeleton is in some vault in uh, in uh, Burbank somewhere. When it got to the end of the book and they say he disappeared, I was wondering. They put him back yeah. in the vault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't know what happened to him. The um, Well, Dip was Walt's uh, drunk, dumb cousin um, who uh, got a job working at Imagineering through Walt. And he spent 30 years uh, in Imagineering. And he came up with 7,000 ideas for attractions. And not one of them was used. <laughs> um, and uh, and when you go through the book and you see the quality of the ideas, it's not uh, hard to see why uh, these weren't uh, selected to be part of the parks. You mean you mean the Pluto orgy thing wasn't uh, an option on the board for the Imagineers? I mean, you know, uh, uh, that sounds interesting to me. Say, you mean uh, Pluto's retreat, Disney's yes. uh, swinging sex hotel from the nineteen uh, late sixties, <laughs> early seventies? Yeah, the swinging sixties, man. That was it. <laughs> man, that was all good back then. Good. I love I love the illustration, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, the illustrations are half the book. I think. Yeah, I, I th- literally. <laughs> they are, <laughs> But the um, oh, the illustrations are amazing uh, by a number of award-winning uh, indie cartoonists. That particular piece of Pluto's Retreat was drawn by Elon Trinidad, who's uh, who is an illustrator for The Simpsons and an Eisner Award winner. Um, 
yeah, I got to work with some really talented uh, folks to render these very stupid ideas. <laughs> now, how quickly do they jump to say, wait a minute, an orgy with Disney character heads, give me that job. How, how quick are they to say that? <laughs> the I always give, you know, it's funny with Elon uh, in particular. We saw it. In addition to being the author of this book, uh, Dream It's Good, I also uh, uh, co-run a publishing company called The Devastator, and we're the mm -hmm. only all-humor press in America, um, publishing authors from The Daily Show, The Onion, Adult Swim, and uh, we work with Alan frequently, and another book we worked with him on is called uh, The Presidential Dicker Book, um, <laughs> which is a, a sticker book where you put cartoon penis stickers on the president. <laughs> <laughs> And, and learn about all the worst things they've done in office. It's sort of like a, like a reverse Hall of Presidents, sort of like a bizarro world Hall of Presidents, yeah. uh, where we celebrate their their failures and their worst uh, the worst things they've done. I'm scrolling through right now to see if that was one of Dip's ideas. By the way, <laughs> presidential digger book. I, I think that's probably volume two because there are seven thousand ideas to choose from. And how you wheedled them down just to, to, to the ones that were in the book, I'm sure that'll be in the volume two. We picked, uh, we picked the best of the worst, but I think there's, there's plenty more. Uh, we played, Dip has plenty more uh, terrible ideas uh, in, that, that were, uh, that were uh, uncovered <laughs> by my extensive, very real research that I did <laughs> for this book. Now, when you say research, uh, did you actually drink moonshine? To put yourself in the in the dip mind frame, I have drunk moonshine before. Mm. Um, it's uh, it's the worst, <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the worst drinking experiences I've ever had. You you know, it's it's not often that I drink something that I, where it's like, oh, that's poison. Like I clearly like must have <laughs> drank poison. Yeah, um, but you can start your car with it, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, you just. It's yeah, it'll get you a couple miles. Uh, you get a couple miles on a good uh, on a good moonshine. <laughs> I wasn't always yeah. a podcaster. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I did do. Uh, I did actually do quite a bit of research in terms of the um, the history of the parks because mm -hmm. one thing I wanted to do, I, I really wanted it to feel like an alternate history of uh, of Disneyland because I'm a huge fan. Like I, I'm a I've been a you know Disney fan my whole life and. I do, it's true in the very beginning of the book, I say, you know, that I wanted to be an Imagineer as a kid. And that's very true. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I've researched it, you know, these the world as sort of a hobby uh, over the years. And so I really wanted to feel like the these fake ideas were were like from their time. Like I wanted them to feel like, OK, like what what were the Imagineers working on at that time? And mm -hmm. then what would be the worst possible thing that uh that you could come up with in in a room and that was that's, that's, that's throughout Disney history. like like, like the coca-cola aquarium <laughs> i didn't mind that one really? actually i was like man i i it made me thirsty it it totally did <laughs> well it fits within your whole rating scale you know yes. eli has a rating scale of different versions of coke so coke classic to new coke to original coke and to sugar-free coke that was totally original Coke because all the fish died in it, if I remember reading. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. They're upside down they're with X's in their eyes. All they needed was a <laughs> filter, though. You know, I think. <laughs> so where would so where would Coke with like a dead fish in it like rank on your scale? Do you think it would be towards the towards the middle or? Well, you see, would that be kosher Coke? <laughs> <laughs> you put it by Club Cool and it's right up there. This, I think so. I think you know, I I I personally I know we're gonna get further into this, but I personally blamed uh, the Imagineers that they didn't help dip. Uh, I know we have a bunch of other ideas, but in this yeah. particular one, it was like, hey, Imagineer. You know, you know, help help dip out. That's a great idea. Who doesn't want to have some coke and some, like scuba diving coke at the same time <laughs> with some fish? With some fish, so I you, mean, you could drink that or Beverly. Yeah, you right. and Dip would have got along very well. I, I think. Look, I'm telling you what. Yeah. I'm I'm telling you what. Like the I, the some of those ideas, like ooh, little creeped out. 
little creeped out. But you know what? <laughs> After a few beers, I was like, that's not too bad. <laughs> that is not too bad. It just needs a little tweaking. And again, I, I, you know, in the story, I was like waiting for the Imaginist to jump in and say, hey, Dip, you know, all you need is a little, you know, bubble wrap for the fish right here and it can survive in the Coca-Cola. <laughs> no, no, the bubble wraps for the baby. I know, that's right, but that's what I'm saying. Baby, but yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I know that. I know that. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, they didn't help him. They could have been like, let's bubble wrap the fish instead of the babies, you know, right. and put them in the tubes and stuff. I think that's sort of the message that we get at the at the end of the book when we talk about his legacy. It's like in a lot of ways that that does happen because he comes up with, you know, it's a small world, the child feeding zoo, uh, <laughs> you know, where uh, hungry children from around the world are brought to a fenced in zoo on the Disney property and uh, and fed by a tourist. But the the phrase "it's a small world" was really good, and that that was this you know that the that 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 was his contribution there. Different different little things. He gets little things right, I think, throughout his his career. But they these the ideas sort of take a left turn where uh, where maybe he should have turned right. Well, you, yeah. you know, you, you you say that, and I kind of feel like we've kind of jumped ahead of ourselves a little bit here. Why don't you tell the listeners why it is that, uh, unless you want them to find out for themselves in the book. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's perfectly fine. Uh, but maybe uh, allude a little bit to why it is that Dip um, might not see reality the way that some of us do. Well, he well, first of all, he is, uh, as we say, he is drunk constantly. Uh, <laughs> the uh, he is a he has a uh, a dependency is is uh, maybe putting it lightly, um, <laughs> you know, on uh, on alcohol and particularly his beloved moonshine. Mm-hmm. Um, he. Also, like he, his whole so he started his career as an Imagineer in his sixties. Um, prior to which, so so Walt moves away. They both grew up together in uh, in uh, Marsling, Missouri, right. and uh, you know Walt goes off to uh, California to pursue his dream. And you know, Dip has pers- Dip has a lot of trouble uh, keeping any kind of job. Um, <laughs> he's done. He does a number of. Uh, tasks over the years. He's a uh, he's a uh, what is it? The, uh, a ditch digger, a ditch inspector, uh, galoshes polisher. He's a guy who stuffs ping pong balls in his mouth, and like he he can't keep any of those jobs for more than a day because um, he doesn't have a great work ethic. So, so, so he comes by the time he is discovered, uh, and the way he's discovered is. Um, there was a thing uh, years ago called Tijuana Bibles, which were basically like uh, sex comics. Like yeah. you take like popular characters and draw them having sex, and and uh, Dip would draw those for Moonshine when he got really desperate um, in his sixties. And Disney lawyers tracked him down and discovered him and uh, captured him and brought him to uh, to Walt and uh, alive. Walt had to be very <laughs> this time. Lawyers bring him back alive and gives him this job out of pity. But um, you know, it's just like uh, he's just had like kind of a, a weird life, and so he brings all of this very life experience uh, combined with uh, his drinking. And uh, when you put those two things together, it's magic. It's magic. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would say, like, I, I felt a little, I'm not going to give anything away in there, but, I mean, Dip has a very serious backstory. Yes. Uh, that leads to his... Uh, There's a reason he has a job for the... A yeah. job that, you, that he doesn't seem capable of losing, no matter how hard he tries. How hard he tries, you know? <laughs> uh, but, I mean, you know, he had he had some things happen to him. Now, you know, I, I got to admit, uh, in the beginning, I was I was feeling a little bad for Dip. You know, I feel a little sure. bad for him. And if it wasn't for him, mm-hmm. and, and, again, not giving away anything, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for him, wouldn't have been a, a Disney World. Yeah. Right? He's like the bad Santa of Imagineers. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, take a shot. You'll see what I did. Take a shot. But you know, I like that. Yeah, and and that goes back to yes, and and there's a new one. I haven't seen the new one yet, but now you're gonna find out why bad Santa was the way he was. It, when you pick up the book, you're gonna find out that there's a very good reason why Dip is the way he is. Yeah, very solid. And why Walt wants to give him every shot he can. 
to yeah, prove himself. To prove himself. Right. Is that yes. fair, Jeffrey? Oh yes, that is very that is very fair. And and now you know, I admittedly I didn't uh, I didn't understand the question. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> I was answering with it, and now I see what you were leading me to. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> we got yeah. you. We got you. <laughs> let's just say, let's just say uh, he has. A beastly backstory. <laughs> one uh, one grizzly of a tail. <laughs> He's attacked by a bear. Anyway, <laughs> you, you gotta say spoiler alert <laughs> before you get spoiler to that. Alert. No, but look, the treasures are the ideas. The ideas that he came up with, and and by the way, why don't you why don't you tell them how you came across these ideas? Oh, absolutely. Um, so in my career, my in my uh, career, I've been a a writer uh, for different things, and uh, but I, I would go. I'd go to comic book conventions, and uh, you know, I I ran across one guy at a convention uh, who was a former Imagineer named uh, uh, Buddy Smiler, um, and uh, Buddy's job was he was a disposal copywriter for twenty five years. <laughs> so his job at at Disney was just to write the phrases on the trash cans. Mm-hmm. Um, his uh, his magnum opus being a uh, toss it friend, so <laughs> that's what he was best known for around the company, and it was his <laughs> job as the disposal copywriter to take uh, a we'll say a healthy obsession with garbage, and so everything that Dip wrote, the company would try to trash, uh, incinerate. And uh, Buddy would would hold on to it. Buddy was a bit was a pack rat and hold on to it. And uh, he was pretty old when I met him. And he, uh, yeah, he brought me to his house and uh, was like, you know, if you want to be an Imagineer, you should read these. You know, you should read this. You should read the work of Dip Disney. <laughs> also, also, get these things out of my house. I'm very old. I should not be living in garbage anymore. Where is this filming my house? Help me. <laughs> Help me. I'm a hoarder. Because <laughs> these are things that uh, that the Disney company wanted to, to be rid of. That's uh, what that's what comic book conventions are about. Networking. <laughs> you know? That's right. That's right. Can I tell you uh my favorite uh I love how in the book what you did is you you interspersed the narrative of Dip's life with his his ideas because obviously we we all want to see the ideas but I love that you kept that narrative going and my favorite relationship that Dip had was with Roy Disney um, it was a special relationship. It, it really was. Yeah. It, so very much, much love there. Yeah. There. Yeah, honesty. Brutal honesty in there. And by the way, <laughs> Dip was around for Michael Eisner, for Walt, for Roy uh, Morton. <laughs> Morton. Morton. <laughs> Beloved Morton. Poor Morton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes. He was around for a lot of the uh, regime changes, and Roy was my favorite. <laughs> Roy had uh, so whereas you know, Walt, Walt and Roy were partners um, throughout the, the the you know the early years and the the you know the golden era of Disney, I guess if we call it, call that those uh, years the golden era. Um, and Walt's job, you know, he was the idea man, the magic man, the showman. And Roy was the, you know, the practical guy, the number cruncher, the book balancer. Mm-hmm. And it, it came to uh, – so Disney – Walt Disney hoped that, uh, you know, trying to mentor Dip and, and trying to give him an opportunity and, you know, and, and assuming, well, he's a Disney. He's a, he's a genius. He's, it's just latent. You know, he'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas Roy saw Dip as a waste of space, a line <laughs> on a budget sheet that would not go away. Um, he slowed down meetings with dumb ideas. And uh, boy, Roy tried everything to get rid of him. He even, so uh, one thing that Dip had to his advantage was that he had uh, perhaps the world's only literal ironclad contract. So right. His contract was actually forged in iron. And, uh, like a Conan but, sword or something, yeah. Like a Conan, exactly, yeah. And uh, and so Roy was uh, was trying to destroy it, like actually took classes on welding just to try, you know, practicing with his blowtorch trying to destroy the contract, but uh, to no avail. And uh, and he, he died... Uh, Screaming at Dip in a meeting. <laughs> 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 so, 
<laughs> so, oh man! Yeah. <laughs> just to just to say something, uh, just to go on, on something that you said earlier. Thank you for um, the the compliment about you know weaving in the ideas with the narrative to the story. I think there was a version of this book that I could have done where it was literally just here's a book of bad Disney ideas, but. <laughs> When researching, you know, the Imagineering and seeing how much story factors into everything is story is really there, the guiding principle and every ride, every attraction, every thing is part of trying to tell the grander story. And I thought, well, the book should really have, you know, a story. There should really be a, a, a story here. And that sort of was the foundation why, you know, with coming up with dip and figuring that, mm-hmm. figuring out that world, you know, what was, well, how could somebody be at Disney for 30 years coming up with the worst ideas. What would that person have to have been, which is what led to uh, to those parts? Oh, absolutely. By the time you get to the fifth or sixth idea, you're like, okay, this guy would have been fired by now. Without the narrative to help push you through it, and, and now you know this guy's got a blank check. He can say whatever he wants to say. It, it makes it a, the reading experience a whole lot more enjoyable. I, I really did enjoy that you did that. Um, I enjoyed it too. I, I even enjoyed the details that are all physically in the book. Yes, uh, you know the, the, all the little pictures that are you know dip and the little the captions. And if I could re- quote Pluto's Retreat again, I appreciate the naturalness of humans <laughs> drawn in the picture. Uh, I, I I'm sorry for going back to Pluto's Retreat, but you know I'll Pluto, blame you. Retreat to Pluto's Retreat. Pluto is my favorite Disney character, so <laughs> I, I was very pleased. I, this would have been awesome. Yeah, that was swank. That <laughs> was, was swank. <laughs> It was, well, yes, you absolutely. Know, I did not realize I was sitting here with two dip. Fa- I mean, Jeffrey, you've got a guy who wants to go to the Coca Cola Cola Aquarium and Cold the guy who wants to go to Pluto's retreat. I think you hit on something. I, I'm serious. He had. I think again, this was the Imagineers' fault. You know, if they had just. <laughs> Chimed in with dip a little bit because, you know, right. again, I'm not going to give away details of story. We, but okay, we know you what? like your Coke with dead fish in I'm it. Dr- I want to hear about Kevin. My bad. I got excited about the Coke, okay? okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I'm, I'm, I'm right. happy we, about the natural. We know what you're Let's yes, retreat right. to Pluto's retreat. My bad. My bad. Pluto's retreat looks like a relaxing adventure. <laughs> it does. It looks like something I could see at the Morocco Pavilion in Epcot. Yep. You know? and, and look, there's even a fishbowl with money in it. Oh, I, I should point out those are keys. Those are uh, oh that's right that's keys yeah yeah because yeah, they they do the grand whole the grand that's right party. that's but, right yeah, by the keys. way uh, Kevin I'm emailing your wife right now to check the reservations on your next hotel <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden a mysterious Pluto head shows up at the house like what's this for honey like don't worry non- about that I like how nonchalantly Pluto is just laying on his chaise lounge <laughs> of sorts I was yeah I was like uh, all uh, the- Austin Powers <laughs> I was cracking up on that like I, I, I the illustration itself was 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 killing it was like all he needed really was a smoking jacket well well that and the fact that the cow has a you know Clarabelle's got a bell between her breasts stuff yeah <laughs> you didn't have to put that detail in there but there it is you know much like Disney this book is full of details I you, you have know, to pay attention to the details I, I, as a as a independent comic creator myself I have to say I, I was like wow it is very tough to get an artistic team together let alone make a very nice you know prestige right. format exactly uh, for a book so yeah uh, hats off to you. Uh, on that, sure, absolutely. Since we're all talking about our favorites, I'm gonna. Say, my favorite was easily the instantation transportation <laughs> station. <laughs> I I just about lost it <laughs> when I found out the secret to how that one yeah. worked. <laughs> very technical, yeah, very, very scientific. How uh, how teleportation uh, would be pulled off in a Disney attraction? <laughs> the future of teleportation. And listeners, you if you're coming up in your own head, what you, what you think it is, you're probably right. Get the book. <laughs> get the book. But big, get the book just to see. It, it's worth the payoff. Can I ask you what is it with dip and grapes and cantaloupe slices? Yeah, that salad that keeps recurring. <laughs> what, what is the story with he that? He really likes grapes and cantaloupe okay. slices. Yeah, he does. He, so this is an example of something where where Dip's suggestion actually does uh, does make it into the parks. Um, this is a this is a very uh, this is a very deep cut joke, um, and I'm sure you guys will appreciate it. Um, so. When I would go to Disney as a kid, they would always they would offer you fruit salad. They would say, "This is <laughs> you know you can get your burger with fruit salad," and it was always grapes and cantaloupe slices with no other fruit. Um, 
mostly grapes. And I always, we always would joke about that as as kids, you know, just being being like, why don't they just call it grapes? And eventually they did. In the at some point in the '90s, they actually stopped calling it fruit salad and just started calling it grapes. Because that's what they were. That's what they were serving. So I just like the idea that it was Dip's idea to, you know, to when he calls when he calls fruit salad is actually the grapes and cantaloupe slices. That that was his the cost saving uh, measure. That was his idea. I, and you guys are the. By, by the way, I've been uh, doing doing a number of, uh, of interviews and reviews at this point. You guys are the first people and readers have responded. You guys are the first people to pick up on that. So, that's what uh, we do. It's all throughout the book, though. It's like you know. Yeah. It's like okay, they'd say. Salad is like what the hell is a salad? <laughs> well, right, because yeah. two fruits don't make a salad. That's right. <laughs> By the way, feel free to use that quote in your book. Two fruits don't make a two salad. fruits don't make a salad. I'm wondering, <laughs> right? I don't know if that sentence has ever been uttered in the history of mankind, but yeah. No, I'm with that. I, I, I totally, I tripped that every single time. It was always, and by the way. Grapes and fruit slices. Uh, cantaloupe, cantaloupe slices. slices yeah. yeah, I thought that was awesome. So, uh, so Danny, the haunted mans- mansons didn't appeal to you? Oh, being God, a haunted yes. mansion fan. But you know, it, I love the haunted mansions, but it's all right there in the title. <laughs> <laughs> the Institution insta- Transportation Station. You had to read it to find out where that was going to go. Uh-huh. But the Manson thing was was funny as hell as well. I, I, I definitely appreciated that. <laughs> I enjoyed writing. The, my my favorite part of the of the haunted Mansons was. Uh, was writing the Paul Freeze narration for it, like what it would, like like how like how that would uh, how that would have said sa- how that would have sounded. Yeah. Coming up. Polanski's parlor. These freaky hippies are having a killer time. <laughs> often uh, when I'm with my wife in the car, for no reason whatsoever, I'll just be like, "Do I make a left or do I make a fright?" <laughs> <laughs> And not not usually in October, like not in the lead up to Halloween, like in, in March or April. I just I love those I love those like death puns. I always found <laughs> no, that is funny. It's a it's a very good alliteration on that. It, Freeze was a master. I swear. I, I like the way he uh, what's called. Like, if you ever listen to the um the the outtakes from that. I mean, he's just yes. brilliant. Oh, uh, he's recording the stuff. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. He's just brilliant in the stuff that he comes up with. Now the Imagineers that were lucky enough to uh, chronicle Dip's journey uh, at Imagination and, and, and sketch out his ideas. Uh, were they kind of uh, a little nod to some former Imagineers in there? Did I did I yeah. catch that right? So so what I did was um, I was very much inspired by by another book that we had published earlier this year, uh, early uh, in 2015, called uh, Restart Me Up, which was our fake oral history about the making of windows 95 (laughs) Uh, uh, which is uh which which is an amazing book by uh comedian leslie cena who you you may have seen on community or or blackish um she uh we when we were working on it we had discovered we we had talked about it and we said well so there are certain people who are like figures that are in the public consciousness so so for this book you know Walt Disney, Roy Disney, uh, you know, these are people that you're Michael Eisner. Like these are people that you that everybody knows that people know. And then like with with the Imagineers, even like the most famous ones, like they're not really in the popular consciousness. So what we sort of did was uh, take them and sort of make composite characters or or characters that are named after them, but as like a like like the names similar to them, but aren't necessarily them uh, in any way. You know, like uh, Dip's first artist that uh, that he works with is uh, Maureen Blue, which is uh, which is a nod to Mary Blair. But the, the the character of Maureen Blue is nothing like Mary Blair. She, her first <laughs> thing is that uh, that she doesn't didn't like the way dip stroked the hair on her dolls uh, and <laughs> yeah. called them little angels and like it set off like a bad working relationship between the two and she was like really creeped out by uh by him for that reason um 
So they're they're like characters who are like named for Imagineers, but they don't really resemble their personalities. It's just like was kind of if you're if you're an Imagineering fan, you'll be like, oh, that's probably named after you know yeah. Herb Ryman or something. You know. No, I, I love that. It was a it was a nice little detail that you can kind of find in there that you were kind of paying tribute to former Imagineers. Now, I, I, I certainly did not take it to mean that you know. Uh, <laughs> Certain Imagineers <laughs> liked hand favors. While oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was just about to say that. Like, I'm sure whoever Nick Jarvitz is supposed to represent doesn't really, you know, like that special rub, which I thought was hilarious, actually. Now, let me ask you this. Now, you work on the uh, Disney Princess line of comics, right? Very true. Very true. Now, you do something like this. You do dream it, screw it. Yeah. You don't get an email from Disney going, dude, what? <laughs> Can well, we talk to you yet. for a minute? Yeah. How does that, <laughs> how does that work out? Um, the answer uh, the answer is, um, you know, I, I love uh, doing those uh, comic, you know, the Disney princess comics when they come up. It's a lot of fun. But this truly, uh, Dream It, Screw It is, is my passion project. This is something I've been, <laughs> I, 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 it took me a year to make it, but it's really like been years of thinking about it in the back of my head and planning it. And so, you know, if, it, if you know, a Disney person were to call and to say, like, I need you to, to take this down or you're not writing for Disney comics again, you know, I would say, well, thanks. I, I appreciate the time, you know, uh-huh. uh, appreciate the work that we, we got to do, but Honestly, it's, you know, we're, uh, Devastator is an indie press. Um, our books are in stores across the country, but we're probably just not on their radar. It's probably not on their radar, honestly. You know, if it was, uh, if I was going on, uh, you know, the Conan show or whatever, that, that might be a different story. <laughs> but, um, you know, we're doing, uh, you know, we're doing awesome podcasts. You know, we're, we're talking to newspapers um, and Disney fan sites and stuff. And, yeah, it's probably just just uh, not on their radar. Wow, that's incredible. That that I guess they don't Google. One, <laughs> yeah. I know one. Eli, you were saying one of your favorite things was the Vietnam era of dip, <laughs> the Ho Chi <laughs> dip, as it's titled. Yes, if I may say that was um, I was that was a fun story. I'm a I'm an adventure buff, so um, I'm glad uh, in this section, uh, dip had a little intrigue going on there. You know, uh, out there to face Vietnam, if you will, and. Uh, I won't say the the last line, but I mean it's a pretty cool um, movie reference. Like I, I read that at the end after he came back oh, from there. Oh yeah, you could go ahead. That's that's fine. The, that 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 uh, that so so Dip gets sent to uh, to Vietnam secretly by uh, Morton Boggs, who is who succeeds uh, uh, Roy Disney in terms of running Imagineering, and he decides that this is the this is going to be the solution to the dip problem is to send him to uh, into the jungles of Vietnam via a Disney jet and drop him off and we'll never see him again. And uh, through various uh, circumstances, dip becomes an American hero. Uh, <laughs> he builds an attraction while he's there. And yeah, at the end of the, the, the section, it's it uh, it says that dip story was later adapted into the feature film Rambo first blood. <laughs> I died. Yeah, I died. <laughs> I was the best. I I, I I was reading that. And I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> do you know? By the way, it's a quick sidebar. But um, do you know that there is a kids' audio storybook for Rambo: First Blood? Um, oh God! Wait, what? Yeah, if, go on. If you go on YouTube and you search uh, like Rambo: First Blood um, kid story or audio or audio storybook or something. I think it was a company called Rainbow that produced it, and yeah, it's like a it's like a kids version of Rambo First Blood. It's the craziest thing. But they it's made like, a cartoon out of it a long time ago. Yeah, that's true. That's true. This is not the not the maybe not the craziest thing, but it's, well, it's still crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. It's funny because the cartoon sort of like goes off in its own direct. Like it's like it's based on the character of Rambo, but it's not really like like this is an adaptation of that movie. Like, but for children, I thought it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but yeah, that was, that was one of my favorite, uh, dip stories. Cause it was kind of like dips on his own, you know, they, they, right. they, they leave off. him out there. Yeah. yeah they leave yeah. him out there and they're like, we're done with you. And I'm personally like, after reading all the past stories, like, there's no way this dude can make it back. 
And again, like you say, he makes an attraction, you know. The Enchanted Coochie Room? Scares, yeah. <laughs> you know, scares the soldiers, freaks them out, freaks the attraction out because he didn't feed them, the birds. And I mean, like, that was, I enjoyed that one. That, yeah, that's the my birds that weren't fed. That's were a detail fed. that I appreciated very much. Well, it was just like, <laughs> I know when I work at a zoo, I should be like, that's that's awful. But I mean, it was funny. It's like, he opened the, I liked he opened up the keys. Like, all right, go out, bird. The bird's like, I haven't he- eaten. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, he he doesn't do it out of mal. He doesn't feed not feed them out of malice. He just wants them to be hungry to perform. You know, and, that's uh, that Roy Disney like, coming out of him, right? What you're saying, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's a he's a dummy. He's a dumb guy. He doesn't know what he was doing, but but he ends up uh, he he ends up uh, causing chaos in the POW camp where he's captured and uh, manages to to escape along with uh, the American soldiers there. So he. So he becomes a uh, a national hero. He's a hero. He's a hero. Yeah, he gets exactly. metal, yeah. You never you never see that coming. So Eli, what did you think about the Vietnamese jungle cruise? <laughs> oh wow, uh, the real faces of death, of course. It was okay. Uh, it was that was a little surreal, but at least it had a good you know a good ending date. You know when they save you from the boat, like uh, when you, you go on there, <laughs> your boat's hijacked. Basically, everyone's trying to shoot you. And, you know, Vietnam soldiers try to shoot you. And then, like, the Disney characters come out there and rescue you. Basically, like, what are you doing here? So uh, I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was it was kind of like a story my dad told me, actually, from the war, almost, uh, to be honest with you. Take him back. It, oh, I didn't show it to him. We might have flashbacks. Next thing you know, you know, he's got mud on his face, like, coming at me while I'm sleeping. I don't want can't handle that. It's tough. He, he, he uh his uh, PTSD comes out in this very strange way. Yeah. The, uh, in, the, in the form of a Disney attraction, which is very strange. I, I just love the fact that the character... Well, no, I love the fact that, number one, Blue is a mercenary. Number two, <laughs> they're all back in M60s. Yes. That's like no joke. That's like total Chuck Norris missing in action. Yeah. You know, scenes right there. <laughs> that's, that's killer, man. I would have loved that when I was little. That's the thing. Some of those rides, I know we can't get into all of them, but some of them was like, wow, that would be entertaining as, you know, all hell. All right. Well, uh, okay. Then, real quick, all right. Go around the room. Which idea that Dip had, if, like, if you said, okay, there's one idea, this one's going to be built. You got to pick one. One of these are going to be built. Without any tweaking? Without any tweaking. All right. I got one. All right. Oh. Great. For the Russian Pavilion and Upcut. Communism. Oh, the- How good is it anyway? <laughs> the 360 movie <laughs> oh, where the people are standing in line. I mean, come on. That's brilliant. Al- I mean, oh. come on. They're standing. They're already standing. And they're out from soup. Right? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're waiting for bread or something, man. It's on the, and they're surrounded by it. I mean, that that's brilliant. There uh, you go. Oh, man. I See, I would go with Judge Doom's Tune Execution Room. <laughs> I was with that. That's a tough call, right? That was awesome. That was really. I could see that being like it, it, like Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin. I could totally see that. For you, Halloween. Yeah, like you, you pass a scene and Judge is dipping somebody. Not even just that, but like he's like, hey, you know what attractions are not going to be here? Come to this ride. We're going to show you, yeah. you know? And, and you have the mascot. Yeah, get dipped. Like. Or, like, or maybe like if you're removing like uh, like when you're removing the country bears from the parks. <laughs> you know, like if you're removing a character, they get dipped. Oh, like Mr. Toad out of Walt Disney World, right? Yeah, there you go. Oh, there yeah, you wanted to have the drunk ride. Well, it's that was funny. Provides a story. It's like what happened to you know what happened to these characters. It's like oh, they were they were dipped at Judge Doom's Doom execution. That's right. Oh, okay. Well, that. That makes sense. That makes sense why this ride is It completes the circle in the story, like the alien from Alien Encounter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I would. There's a couple that are toss-ups, but if I have to pick one, yeah, um, it would be the one that they would have put in Pleasure Island, where it was a straight party on the old guy's lawn. <laughs> yeah, get off my lawn! <laughs> and yeah, he just fires the gun in the air, but it's you know it's it's loaded, but it's not. But yeah, just the fact there's a party, and then there's like free booze after for like one whole minute of like whatever drink you want. <laughs> yeah, the hose. That you that you drink out of and you don't know what you what you're gonna drink. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty. That'd be crazy gimmick for a bar. I I, I agree because like you know uh, that that resonated awesome. that resonated to me because like I was one of those kids that used to torment an old guy when I was a kid with two other friends of mine and he I remember he uh, we threw a frisbee at him and he took the frisbee and he dipped it in water and threw it at us and then like you know cut the frisbee with a knife like don't you kids come back here again so I was like yeah. <laughs> 
party on the old guy's lawn. Great. That, that resonated with you. It did. <laughs> and I would told I would do that because that party would be that party would be wild. Okay, that would be wild. Can I tell you, Jeffrey? That that is part of the genius of what you've put together here is that there is an element as far out and as wacky as these ideas are. You manage to craft it in such a way that there's an element of practicality mm-hmm. to each and every single one of these ideas where you're like, that's outlandish. It's a little crazy, but I can see why they would do that. It would be fun. Yeah. You know, <laughs> scary in some cases, you know, uh, the, the like the floating restaurant that was actually on jets. Oh, dude, I love that one. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the characters who had to clear out the kids. <laughs> yeah. by hugging them. They hug them. Like yeah. you don't want to see this. Like you know, I, I was like, "That's great." I don't know what the amount of area space you need for that, but I, I was like, "Yeah, that's that's funny. That was good." No, Jackson Five yeah. Dimensions, yes, <laughs> right? I, yeah, Tito got some love. Yeah, props on that one too. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's the star of the ride. According <laughs> to Dick, you can't imagine it without Tito. Um, the the yeah, that was the whole. You know, I think that that was the kind of the the challenge was. To really try and imagineer these rides, like to give it because, you know, we to, to really give it the perspective of, you know, what would this ride technically be like? Like, let's take a dumb idea, but then let's like flesh it out to the to exactly that point where you can uh, where you can imagine yourself riding it. And uh, yeah, some people have, you know, it's funny. Some people have told me that some of these like as as dumb as they are, um that uh, they would legitimately enjoy the experience of doing it. I, I think I would too. I would pick, by the way, I would pick, uh, I'd want to see the Muppets take Central Florida stage show. Um, <laughs> I like the idea that the Muppets are old. Like we've seen the Muppets as, as babies, but I haven't yet seen them as, uh, as, as elderly, as infirm. And I think that's an area that we... Uh, we need to explore as a culture. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I, I was a little afraid of the Miss Pinky Tammy Faye uh, thing. I image I, that, that 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 creeped me out a little bit, <laughs> like a little bit, but it, it it did. I like that she's coming in through a TV though. That that, that made me laugh. Yeah, no, it did. Like I, that was actually one of my favorite uh, illustrations yeah, on yeah. it, just because of like the perspective of it and how it looked like a you know. Like a show, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't flat or anything, but it was just like the actual presentation of it was was cool. Yeah. No, the illustrations are amazing. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, the uh, that one was drawn by uh, Mark Palm, uh, who's an illustrator in Seattle, and he does this. Uh, if you're in, uh, oh, I guess it's out of print. Now he used to do this uh, comics magazine called The Intruder. That was a newspaper comics newspaper that was really cool. Mm. And uh, the other two illustrators are uh, Shingen Core, who did all of the early. Uh, work all the things like uh, like the instantation transportation station and stuff <laughs> and then uh, and then Reed Solstice who uh, he did the um, the the Vietnam era stuff uh, and the Epcot stuff and uh, yeah all just all of these I, we've worked with them with all these artists before they're just uh, super talented folks um amazing indie cartoonists and yeah i was very fortunate that they uh i, I think when you ask anybody like hey do you want to like play imagineer you know i think everybody's like yes absolutely you know <laughs> what creative person like hasn't imagined themselves as an imagineer and like how cool that job would be um i certainly did uh and uh, and that's that was the impetus for the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've done an amazing job here, and I would highly recommend that any of our listeners, guys, this is great. Where can they find this? Let, let's start there. Great. Um, so they can get it at uh, their local indie bookstore. Um, if they don't have it, they can order it for you. Um, you can get it on Amazon. Um and you can get it at uh, devastatorpress.com. That's uh, the publisher, our, our, our publisher's uh, website. And uh, and if they get it direct from Devastator Press, I'll be happy to sign it for them, too. And, and how much? Again, it's crime. Uh, it is 12. Guys, that's a really, really reasonable price for which is going to be a very enjoyable read. I mean, very entertaining mm-hmm. read. This Absolutely. Was, I mean, I, I sat there and I got through it in about an hour and a half. And that was like with going back to enjoy it again. Like, like where, where there were parts where you just had to go back and... And, and catch uh, all the other details. Yeah, 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 absolutely. 
Twelve dollars. That's the, a, um, that's a bargain. Yeah, it's. I think it's half a churro at Disney. I think it's uh, <laughs> half a churro. Half, right? The um, and it's what's great. I I think one thing about all Devastator books, all all, all of our books, is that they make really good coffee table books too. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, after you enjoy it, um, you know, you put it on your coffee table, and uh, a lot of other people are going to be entertained by it as mm-hmm. well. Especially if you have other Disney friend fans. Um, that you know, you know that's it's it's highly pass aroundable. Awesome, almost mm-hmm. stocking stocking stufferish, maybe. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Stuff that stocking. Yeah, bring it with some eggnog and moonshine. Now, yeah. Now, speaking of uh, the the Disney fan community who would be interested in reading you, tell the Disney fan community a little about little bit about yourself. What's your favorite ride? Ooh, um, are we doing a uh, favorite ride current or favorite ride all time? Wow. Oh, um, hey, yeah. Let's see. Let's, let's see. Let's do both. Yeah. Why not? We got time. Let's do both. Let's okay, do both. Great. It's a podcast. Um, we, we're not, in, we don't have a commercial. It's a podcast. <laughs> That's right. We got time. There's no limits here. We got time. It's hours. No. Endless. Blue, slip, blue sky. Blue sky. Um, we don't stop. Freedom, man. Creative freedom here on this medium, brother. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is pay an electric bill. That's all it takes. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite ride of all time was the original version of journey into imagination oh wow um, okay with, with Dreamfinder, you know from and epcot in the 80s um i just think that is was just so beautiful it's it's memorable it beautifully constructed just just amazing work and just in terms of every in terms of a dark ride like every room feels special yeah um, yes. you know you've got rooms that are dedicated to music rooms that are dedicated to you know uh, the, the uh, just uh, the carousel i always remember that like mm-hmm. crazy room that like white crystal room yes. with the carousel it's so cool and figment is a great character the song is mm-hmm. wonderful um yeah, that was that was definitely it was definitely heartbreaking when they changed it because mm-hmm. um, I I really I really loved that ride. I thought it was uh, so cool. Um, yeah, that was my childhood, man. I mean, that entire pavilion was just you know you had the image works. It, it was from top to bottom. It was fully <laughs> themed. Yeah, it was it was that was a, that was the heyday of that attraction. And it was the one character that really kind of appealed to to, to children in Epcot. The um, I always remember. Uh, there's so much about image works too that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I always think of the rainbow tunnel that you would walk through. Yes, um, where that was uh, that where I go to. Actually, there's certain airports where I purposely try to get a connection through because they have a tunnel that's kind of similar to it. Not exactly the same, <laughs> but like Chicago airport. <sighs> has like a rainbowish tunnel kind of experience. It's like, <laughs> oh, it reminds me of how awesome this was. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and there was a video. Remember, the, there was a green screen video thing you could do yes. where you were like being chased by a bandit or something. You were on yeah. the Wild West. Yeah, they had the Western <sighs> scene and they had the space scene. You know, you could jump and they had a, uh, another scene. I forget what the third scene was. But yeah, no, yeah, those little motion movie theater kind of things that they they kind of replicate now and what they have in the, the current version of it, but not like it was back in the day. Um, the thing with the, no. the, the rainbow room, I mean, you remember you emptied out into those tiles that you stepped on and it made the, the music and yes. stuff. Yeah, they, that that one they managed to. That one I think they they kept. They, they kept. I'm yeah, pretty sure I remember, yeah that that's still there. Yeah, um, they did. It's it's a little different, uh, only because of the way it's set up and how they you know, people empty into that room. Because you know now it's just like you know it's a little playground. I mean, my 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 kids now go and enjoy playing on those little tiles. I mean, I'm thankful it's still there. But you know when you go through that rainbow tunnel and you empty into those tiles and you go on to the next thing with all the different colors, it's like a whole like color experience that I miss <laughs> from that. I mean that's yeah. just uh, I mean you 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 brought back some awesome memories with that one, man because I used to love that attraction, <laughs> absolutely yeah, love that attraction. Too. All right, so overall, and then and then I would say uh, I'd say overall uh, would be Muppet Vision 4D. Oh um, yeah. The, the the thing is, so first, first of all, I'm just a big Muppets fan, so I'm like an easy mark, uh, as in rest, you say in wrestling parlance, I'm a, I'm an easy mark for Muppets stuff. But um, you and I have a I lot in common, that, sir. Yeah, Danny's a big fan of the Muppets. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> me too. Uh, as, as long as I've been a fan of Disney, it's one of my oldest. When I was uh, the like one of the first things I learned to do was uh, we used to my dad used to tape uh, the Muppet show on VHS. And one of the first things I like learned to do as a human 
was uh, grab the tapes off the shelf, put them in the VCR, and press play. My my, well, we watched them until they were no longer uh, watchable. <laughs> but my parents said I was better at using the VCR than I was than than they were, um, which which was probably true. Um, but the the thing about that ride, that that attraction, that I love so much is just like how first of all it like succeeds in in like if you like me have always like wanted to be like in that vaudeville theater the muppet theater mm-hmm. and like watch an episode of the muppet show yes, like sir. mission accomplished like you mm-hmm. so, you so feel like that ha- like you are experiencing that and then just all the crazy jokes in the lobby never mind the movie the movie is full of of crazy stuff but just the lobby is oh, yeah. full of the, the the ride key is the line key is there's I one a couple times I've just like let people pass, let shows go, and just like mm-hmm. slowly walk through and just like find all the jokes in the different rooms, just because there's so many of them. It's it's absolutely crazy. So so I gotta ask you, what's your favorite joke out of that entire lobby room? And we're talking from the entrance all the way into the waiting area. Well, I love the I I love in the in the lobby uh, in the in the line uh, in the key video. Um, where you see uh Gon- where I believe it's Gonzo is is like dancing in multiple he like takes over multiple screens at once and start does a dance routine <laughs> which is a really funny yep. uh, I love that I also like it's a simple joke but I really like the implication that um there's like a, a and one of the entrances is like a stone you know brick entrance way like an entrance way and there's like a little crack in the top of the entranceway implying that like Sweetums hit his head on the, on the wall and it was so hard that it actually like chipped the the, the wall of the entrance like ah that kind of stuff is just yes like oh, I'm like, yes thank you thank you for making this <laughs> show come to life in a, the in the maybe the craziest medium entertainment medium of all time yeah. is like a theme park attraction for that exact reason, just like everything is real. Yeah, and, and since we're geeking out about this, my, my, my favorite joke is is not in the video, but it's actually when you're going through the turnstiles, the actual key under the mat. Oh mm-hmm. god, yeah, yeah, that that yep. one just th- that kills me. Uh, nobody knows to look. I'm, the, you know, so I always get my kids to lift the little mat, and there's a key sitting under the freaking mat. Well, I mean, you used to get like like a certificate of like uh, magic or like yeah. a fast pass or something. Like I used to get my my nephew and my niece to do it all the time. Like whenever we go there, by the way, do you real? And they were young, so they always forgot year to year. Uh, but I would remind them, and they would look. But now they don't really do anything now when you find the key under the mat. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, no, that was cool. Thanks to the internet. It, you gave out the story, so now it's like you know they can't keep up. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll take the 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 bad with the good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Fair> enough. <laughs> but um, all right, look, I I I got a question for you, Jeffrey. You know how they honor the Imagineers over at Disney, right? Yes, they they put their names on the and Main Street on the windows. They they draw right. the their names and they give them like it's as though the Imagineer had had a store on Main Street. Right. Uh, uh, you just go right. Right. Let's say years from now, they look into it. They're like, these 7,000 ideas, they're not half bad. This guy's a legend. We're going to give Dip Disney a window on Main Street. What do you want that window to say? Mm-mm-mm. I'm giving it the, I want to give it the, 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 the pause, the thought that it really deserves. Because that is a monumental occasion when that happens. My first instinct is... Um, it's it's like dip Disney like waste management, <laughs> like, like sanitation services. You know, given that they threw out, uh, tried to throw out so many of his ideas. Um, yeah, I'll go with that. I like that. Dip Disney waste management. I like it. Disney. Waste. See, I was thinking Moonshine Enterprises or something like that, but that's that's good. Craft Brewery. Look, Jeffrey, man, it's been an awesome pleasure talking with you about your book, about you, just, you know, and even wrestling, which a lot of the listeners won't hear, but maybe we'll release it as a bonus thing. Because <laughs> we have a lot of listeners that are also wrestling fans, so that's that's good to know. That would have been another three hours, believe me. There were some questions I, I wanted to know. It's amazing how many Disney fans are wrestling fans. 
Yeah, I mean, so uh, Jeffrey, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, look, is there where can the our listeners find you uh, on social media if they want to follow you? Yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter at Jeffrey Golden, and it's a G E O F F R E Y G O L D E N. And uh, I'm also, if you're on iTunes and you're looking for uh, for more crazy podcasts, I host one called Two Packs. Uh, <laughs> I like it. It's a it's a trading card comedy show. So I uh, I have tra- I have comedians on, and we open up packs of weird trading cards. Um, we've opened up Disney ones. We've opened up wrestling ones. We've opened up Dinosaurs Attack, um, Star Trek Alf cards, U.S. of Alf cards. Holy um, cow! So it's it's a lot of fun. If uh, if you want to give that uh, a listen, I'm gonna check on that when that's, I drive home. Some, yeah, I'm gonna awesome. say that's some kind of idea factor you got going you know, on that's there. called two packs you said yeah two packs, two packs. it's two packs. Flow, not the number two. Oh, t-w-o okay okay i got you got you otherwise i think you get if you put in two packs i think it just comes up with uh with two dope queens well and a great a great show but not uh not, the not one your I show do. not your show <laughs> two dope you queens, are, yeah you already got a misnomer going on being a gospel singer so yeah i was gonna say one more time no more con- not no more the gospel con- singer. No confusion that's right. Uh, not the gospel center, not the the two dope queens. It is. <laughs> that, that's all not right. two and broke girls those. either. That's right. right. Not two no, broke girls. That's no. true. I have been broke, so that to that, that <laughs> we are that, that part I can relate to. Absolutely, right there with you. Well, look, man. If, whenever you got another creation coming out, man, we, you're more than welcome to come on the show. That we love to chat with you about it, and we definitely appreciate you taking the time to come on and telling us about Dream It, Screw It. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. And so, uh, listeners, man, Malikans, ladies and gentlemen, definitely go out there, get that book in time for Christmas. I mean, come on, stick it in. You heard it, man. It was a stocking stuffer, or you could put it in a big old box. Yeah, if you've got a <laughs> Disney fan in your family who appreciates a little adult humor, and let's face it, if you're listening to the show, you probably fall into that category. Dream and Screw It is a very enjoyable read. To learn more about the Magic Our Way podcast, magicourway.com is the way to go. There you'll find our social media links, past episodes, and more. You can get in touch with us through the following ways. Shoot us an email at show at magicourway.com. Call or send us a text at 1-815-MO-WEEKEND. That is 1-815-MO-WEEKEND. 669-4226. And of course, we got some guys that do things outside of the podcast. Eli does things with comic books. Eli, tell the good listeners... What you got going on? I always got it going on because I got it going on. You guys know what's going on with me. I know what's going on. Well, if y'all don't know what's going on, I'm about to tell you right now. You t- tell us. Like Stacey's here, here go. Got it going on. Wanna That's right. Go. All the time, looking good. Want to hear it? Here go. Boom. <laughs> so look again. This is why this podcast is awesome. Why, is it, why is it awesome? You it's know? awesome because every time, every week, you go here. You're listening to it, but to experience it, to be part of it as an artist is always inspiring, always a challenge. When I go home and I leave here, I'm like, holy moly. We just talked to another independent comic book artist. He's doing his thing. I'm like, now I got to step my game up. You want to see the game I got going on? Yeah. It's better than Monopoly, baby. Better than Monopoly. Will they get $200 if they pass go? If you buy $400 worth of books, (laughs) get $200. Britain ain't cheap. Print name cheap. Neither is Christmas gifts. What the kind you, of books you got, sir? I got good books. All right? But here's what's, here's what's going on. You can go to www.ivorycomics.com. You can check out Project Geisha book. Got some good stuff coming in there. All right? Got blogs happening. You want to know what's going on? What I'm thinking about day-to-day? Got that. And there's an interview. You want to figure out what made me, how I am, besides the fact of just loving New Orleans and loving life and loving doing podcasts on this show? It's on there too. Got some new work coming out for uh, Project Gation that's out there now. The new graphic novels can be coming out. Got preview pages going on for you. Project Gation Fearless graphic novel is out there now. You can get that. Fearless. You know, from fearless. Fearless. You gotta be fearless to create. <sighs> gotta be. So that's out there now. as preview uh, pages for the book Savages. So look, you can go on there. You can message me. You can look at anything you want. It's there for you. If you if you're like, hey, look. I got a kid. He likes talking about comic books. He likes to see how the stuff to draw, things like that. That's a good way to go ahead and inspire him. That's what we're about. Inspiring. All right. Inspiring's great. Inspiring. 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 
Fired. Okay, outside of that, you want to go to Facebook and just, you know, hit me up, be a friend, love having friends, good times all the time. You go to Facebook.com, Eli H. Ivory, that's where you're going to find me. If you want to go on Instagram and say, hey, look, I just want to see a couple of things you put up here and there, I'm right there too, E. Ivory 504. Twitter, hit me up there, Hancock10166. So anytime you want to create, I'm right there for you. Thank you very much. Exactly, man. And look, if uh, since Lee's out here, I'll do his spiel. If you need a book of vacation, trust Lee of Magical Moments Vacations, which is a platinum earmarked Disney travel agency. So if Disney trusts them, so can you. Book with Lee today by shooting him an email at lee at magicarway.com or call him at 413-DIZ-TRIP. That is 413-D-I-Z-T-R-I-P. And remember, a portion of every booking Lee makes goes to support Girl Power to Cure, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to raising awareness and funds for treatments and a cure for Rett syndrome. So it is a win-win guys. You book with him. You help the magic army podcast. You help Lee Lasovica's pocketbook. And you also help help that uh, that little uh, charity you got going on there. So (laughs) anyway, if you want to support the show as a whole, man, there's a couple of things you can do. You can click on our affiliate links on our website you can also buy some beignets and support the show that way. And you can also represent the Moeka Nation wherever you go by purchasing some clothing from our shop. And lastly, please leave a rating and review in iTunes or wherever you download the show, whether it is Stitcher, Blueberry, Google Play, etc. And don't forget, guys, we are part of the BS Podcast Network, so don't forget to support them as well. And we thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us and making us a part of your Disney fan life. We appreciate you and love hearing from our listeners. All opinions are welcome on the Magic Our Way podcast, so get in touch with us today. So, Moicans, ladies and gentlemen, we say Quahirini. My name is Kevin. And I'm Danny. Magic out. I have every intention of eating those bananas for breakfast, but I still somehow end up with tacos. Hey guys. Hey, you hear that? Yeah. Yes. You know what that is? Tony Bennett? It is Tony Bennett. Oh man, Italians recognizing Italian. What song is he singing? Well, the song that Lee couldn't sing when he was trying to do it for the navigator. Oh wow. Hey, but do you know what I'm listening it on? This is Mad Hatter Radio, which is an ra- online radio station of Disney fan stuff that we have partnered up with, man. How you like that? Partners here on the Gulf Coast, Magic Carway and Mad Hatter Radio. Mm-hmm. Oh, creative buffs on radio stuff. That's like right. It. Yeah, it's good. It's another outlet. Uh huh. You know, it, it, it's it, what's good about it. Yeah, let me tell you what's good. But you hear Tony Bennett. Mm-hmm. But you could probably hear Bare Necessities done by like a, a metal group, a heavy metal group. You could mm-hmm. probably hear a country version of this. Oh wow! You could probably hear like a funk version, James Brown type of. Hey! Give me a Bare Necessities. <laughs> oh, nah. Get up, get up again. Oh yeah. You know? Hot tub. What you say now, <laughs> Disney? That's right. You can hear that all on the station, man. It's, <laughs> they don't just give you the normal spiels and 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 r- attraction sounds, but they give you. Every creative variation that other artists have taken to the standard Disney songs, like Tony Bennett right here, this yeah. little jazzy version of the Bare Necessities. You know. I'm thinking about Goodfellas right now. I don't know why. Bada bing, bada boom, bada bing, bada boom. Boy, listen to this station, okay? It's good for you. It's good for me. It's going to go ahead. It's going to help you out. It's going to make me out. It's going to be really good. Okay. Man had a radio. Bada bing, bada boom. Just do it, huh?